Welcome to the Leadership Now podcast with Dr. Aaron Rock. Aaron has served as a pastor, a professor, and a chaplain, and he has a keen interest in helping other Christians to think Christianly about all of life. On this show, we talk about the nuts and bolts of theology, church life, cultural issues, pastoral leadership, ethics, and other relevant matters that will help you lead better now. I'm your host, Chris Eelman, and today we are going to talk about what is a woman. Yesterday was International Women's Day, but was it actually? After all, the top leaders in Canada and the USA gave a shout out to men who are pretending to be women. So we're going to discuss this today. Aaron, let's start with our Prime Minister Trudeau's comments. All right. So what is a woman? That's what we want to talk about. Yeah, I want to, I want to dissect some comments that... Um, were made by leaders in the U.S., leaders in Canada. I want to try to draw out the religious roots of those declarations and see how they're actually anti-Christ and anti-God, and then just remind our listeners about God's basic plans for men and women. So it made headlines. Uh, Justin Trudeau on March the 8th, which is yesterday, put out this tweet. Here's the tweet. You ready for it? I hope you have your barf bag ready. Here it is. And with a disturbing rise in anti-transgender hate here in Canada and around the world recently, I want to be very clear about one more thing. Trans women are women. We will always stand up to this hate whenever and wherever it occurs. Just a second. I just got a barf. Okay, there we go. I'm back. Well, it's interesting that he should say that trans women are women. And the same tweet, Chris, in the same string, in the same thread, he says, when women and girls are empowered, entire families, communities, and societies succeed. So today we mark IWD 2023 and celebrate the incredible women and girls in our lives. Let's keep working to build a more equal and equitable future. Wow, what a brave man. Thank you for standing for righteousness in culture, Mr. Trudeau. We're so thankful for you. In all honesty, this is complete nonsense. It's complete nonsense. I mean, it begs the question, why do we even have an International Mm -hmm. Women's Day? We don't have one for men. But then if you're a man that wants to be a woman, you can get in on it. You can actually get rewarded and awarded for it. So it's all nonsense, but apart from the nonsense, apart from the sickening nonsense of all of this, and by the way, all the various days and celebrations, we have Black History Month, we have Gay Pride Month, we have Women's Day, we have this and that, International Day of this, the day of this, the day of that. Apart from all the sickening virtue signaling and vote-grubbing techniques for our politicians, Here we have a guy that is celebrating women, supposedly, but who thinks that a man can be a woman. So what what are we celebrating? Are we celebrating men? Are we celebrating women? And it's it's all smoke and mirrors. That's what happened yesterday in Canada. I'll talk a little bit about some stuff that took place um, in the U.S. as well. But I just want to point out the nonsense of it. And I, I'm sure that many of our listeners are sort of rolling their eyes right now as we all should be at at the stupidity of all this. Yeah, it gets it gets clearer and clearer the more time goes by just how nonsensical it is. <laughs> I've thought about, I thought about my grandpa, Brian, who died uh, probably going back 
13, 14 years ago now, and just men of his generation, if they saw this kind of stuff taking place, like I, they would just, wouldn't even have a category to process mm -hmm. this stuff. And it's such nonsense. It's 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 just in a category. We get we sort of get used to it. I mean, we roll our eyes and we get upset about it. But historical peoples would have thought this is just <laughs> absolutely absurd. I mean, when you're actually taking reality, something as objective as maleness and femaleness, and trying to erase the lines or fuzzy the lines, it's it's hard to even process. It's you know, we're, we're spending time on this podcast talking about maleness and femaleness. Uh, Matt Walsh, you know, put out the famous documentary, mm -hmm. What is a Woman? But it's it's actually sad that we even have to have this conversation. Mm -hmm. It's so sad that the, the minds of modern people are so degenerate, so futile in their thinking that we cannot even recognize something as fundamental and basic as maleness and femaleness, a construct we've recognized since the beginning of time. It's recorded in the pages of scripture. Maleness and femaleness is, it's a scientific biological construct as well, but we've just thrown it all out the door. And we have the leader of our country saying that men are actually women. Mm -hmm. And this is the guy we're supposed to trust to lead us. So. That's what we're going to talk about today. Yeah, fair enough. Now, you you believe, and I, I agree with you, that these claims the prime minister is making are religious in nature, but can you flesh that out? How, explain how that's so. Yeah, I really think they are. It's it's nonsense, but if you if you dissect what he's saying, there's several there's several elements to his claims. And he has made comments like this elsewhere, and he's not the only one. He's made comments elsewhere that are essentially the antithesis. They're antithetical to what God has declared, both in, both in the way he perceives his role and in the declarations he makes. They are religious in nature. So, for example, in the opening chapters of Genesis, <clears throat> excuse me, we know that God speaks the world into existence. He speaks the stars into existence. He speaks the moon into existence. He speaks earth and water into existence. He, he speaks birds and fish. He speaks, in other words, reality, material reality into existence by the power of his word. So he's creating that which is material by the power of his word. But if you step back and you think about it a little bit more broadly, what he's actually doing is he's speaking material reality into existence. And that's one of the characteristics of God. God speaks reality into existence. He's the one that is the eternal logos. The eternal son is the eternal logos, the word of God, the power of the word of God. Well, here we have our prime minister, in a sense, in a, in a cheapening, cheap, uh, cheapening way, parroting the role of God in creation by speaking a new reality into existence that's actually contrary to the creational reality. Mm. So he says, let me be clear. In Genesis 1, and God said, versus Justin, 
Let me be clear. And then he speaks a new reality Mm -hmm. into existence. And his reality is contrary to what God spoke into existence in Genesis chapters 1 and 2. So in Genesis chapters 1 and 2, God creates male and female. That's a detail so fundamental to our existence that it appears in the opening description of our creation. It doesn't discuss uh, that we have two legs, two arms, a head, a nose. It doesn't even describe so much our physical characteristics there. But the thing that God wants to drive home in Genesis 1 and 2 is there's male and there's female. And then there's some discussion there about roles, some fundamental discussions about roles. It's fundamental to humanity to to acknowledge that there are two sexes. Mm -hmm. There's male and there's female. So God speaks reality into existence. And as part of that material reality, he creates humanity as males and females. But Justin, in his role as this neo-pagan god, declares that men are actually women. And it's the opposite. It's, it's antagonistic. It's in denial of what God has said. That's a religious claim. Now, in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, when God creates the world, he says, it is good, it is good, it is good, it is good. He creates male and female in his image and likeness, and he declares it to be very good. So there's a moral declaration made about maleness and femaleness, about God's creative powers. Brought The reality that's brought about by the power of his word is declared to be good, 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 very good. Versus Justin, who says it's hateful. It's hateful not to acknowledge that a man can actually be a woman. So that's a moral word. It's also very judgmental of him because he doesn't, hate is is an emotion. Mm -hmm. You can't penalize emotions. You can't penalize attitudes. You can't penalize thoughts. Although in the new world order, increasingly that is the rhetoric we're being confronted with. They presume to read your mind. They know what you're thinking. They know why you're motivated. Well, people have a right to hate whatever they want. They don't have a right to exercise violence towards whomever they want, but they have a right to hate whatever you want. But he he takes that which is good, maleness and femaleness. So if a person upholds the power of God's word, this is right, this is wrong, this is good, this is evil. He says, no, that's actually hateful. So he's recreating a new kind of morality. In the Bible, in the broader uh, ethical um paradigms of scripture, God defends women. He defends the the widow and the proverbial orphan, for example, which represent the most vulnerable in society, like it or lump it. Women are more vulnerable than men to abuse, to economic deprivation, all sorts of things. And God defends them. Mm -hmm. And part of being moral and just is to defend the proverbial widow and the orphan. But what Justin does here is he tries to defend the man who wants to be a woman. See? So God... God's declarative powers are denied. God's constructs for humanity are denied. God's declaration of what is good is denied. And the opposite is presented to us. A man can choose to be a woman. So this is why this is actually a religious paradigm. Justin Trudeau, he's probably not thinking of this in the forefront of his mind. He's declaring himself to be divine. Mm -hmm. And those that follow him 
are championing a new antichrist religion, complete with a morality, an ultimate source of authority, and penalties for those that do not measure up to their new quasi-moral code. Mm -hmm. And truly, it's actually very anti-woman. It's anti-biblically the definition of woman. Yeah, somehow, I was reading a tweet from someone who said something like, the next step to feminism is to accept men or trans women as real women. Like, what kind of nonsense is that? Yeah. I'm not in favor of the... um, feminist movement listeners can go back and listen to my uh, previous podcast on the different waves of feminism and what they're actually all about because they're not what they present themselves to be they're not pro woman at all but that aside uh even if you are a committed feminist what sense does it make to allow men to pretend to be women in some sort of an effort to defend and champion femininity as you understand it it's mm-hmm. nonsense yeah Now, lest our listeners uh, think that this is only a problem north of the border in Canada, yesterday, or well, south of the border, I should say, the First Lady Jill Biden, I don't know if it was yesterday or, yeah, I think it was yesterday, she recognized uh, the contributions of women as well. uh, And true to her style, she made sure to include a a lineup of women uh, behind her of various ethnicities uh, and religions, etc. But what was most telling was (laughs) there was a man present. So you want to talk about that a bit? Well, she actually, yeah, it was, it was kind of interesting to watch. I was joking with you about this before our podcast, but there's a, there's an image of all these women lined up in chairs on the stage and they're, they're being recognized and you can tell it's, it's all virtue signaling. You have every shade of skin up there because you got to kind of include it all. Um, you have a disabled person, if able-bodied people, and then you have this dude pretending to be a woman up there. And he's the only one that obviously didn't get the memo because his legs are spread open. Like he's sitting like a guy. Mm-hmm. The rest of them have their legs folded. They, they, they look more or less ladylike. But he's this big ogre up there pretending to be a, a woman. It's it's laughable. Like it's hard not to laugh at it, but be sad and angered by it at the same time. It's so ridiculous. It's so ridiculous we even have to talk about this stuff. It's mm-hmm. absolute nonsense. But nevertheless... He's up there. He's an Argentinian man, and he receives the International Woman of Courage Award. And as the award is being offered, it's because, well, he, he, this big sob story, well, he was kicked out of class. He was ostracized by his family. He was subject to discrimination. He was subject, there, here's the word again, to hatred, right? So what is Jill Biden doing? She's doing the same thing. She's affirming a new reality contrary to reality itself. She's affirming that a man who, according to God's declarative word and according to the laws that govern science, is a man, is suddenly a woman. And the bad people in the room are those that discriminated, whatever that even means, discriminated or hated or didn't accept. Well, so mom and dad said to their son, we don't accept this. That's what they should do. We don't accept this. Well, you're hateful. You're discriminatory. Let's give this person an award. Let's let's stand them in front of the, the nation and herald them as a woman of courage. 
that stood up for themselves. It's all nonsense. So she, 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 she's declaring a new reality. What is God? God, what is one of the characteristics of God that is fundamental to God that is not present in the creature, the creature-creator distinction? One of the most fundamental differences between creature and creator is creator speaks reality into existence. He speaks reality into existence through the power of his word. Jill Biden role plays parrots. She's a cheap knockoff of God because she declares a new reality contrary to the word of God. And then, of course, as is the style with Mr. Trudeau, pontificates on moral issues, declares that those that opposed this man pretending to be a woman are hateful. That's a moral mm -hmm. word. By the way, in the absence of a true living God, what's wrong with being hateful? What's the difference between love and hate if there's no real moral standard? That's a subject for a different day. Mm -hmm. And then using this rhetoric of discrimination, I mean, who wants to be labeled that way or who wants to be labeled as hateful? They try to silence and subjugate dissenters. This is one of the most frustrating things, by the way, with leftists, with the godless, with those that are into the globalist agenda or championing these fake racial causes or these these fake indigenous lives matter causes is they they're so committed to toleration but so intolerant anytime you put up your hand and call them out i mean you're basically thrown out of the room i was talking to a member of the canadian armed forces recently who was talking about how these woke agendas have leaked into the Canadian Armed Forces, which is supposed to be an apolitical organization. And the soldiers in our country, they were commanded not to celebrate Canada Day and then recommended to wear orange shirts to work that day. Why? It's part of the woke agenda, right? God forbid that you're a patriot, but instead you got to go with the every child lives, every uh, child matters uh, rhetoric, which we've also done a podcast on. I've explained my my views on that. Yep. And that the, the issue there is, is the state trying to um, educate children. And it's all smoke and weirs, mirrors for uh, another agenda. Mm -hmm. um, so we have the, the woke agenda leaking into the military. And this soldier said, I don't want to participate in that. And he received an e email that says, this is an order. Mm -hmm. So much for the tolerant left, right? Which has now hijacked our military. By the way, just as a sidebar, in the military, um, there's women that don't show up to work. The men don't discipline them because they're concerned about being um, charged with sexual harassment mm -hmm. charges. Uh, the military's gone woke. They're basically driving out red-blooded heterosexual men. Mm -hmm. Where's that going to leave our military, right? So there's that's... That's a whole separate uh, subject, but I'm using it as an illustration to show that the left is controlling our institutions. They're subjugating dissent. If you speak out against them, you're hateful, you're a terrible person. And the funny thing is they don't even have a moral standard beyond themselves to determine what's hateful and what's loving. We believe in God. How do I know what love is? Well, here's a simple answer. God is love. You don't have God, you don't understand love. You have God, you understand love. God defines love. He puts the boundaries on love. He emulates love. He models love. To know God is to know what love looks like. 
to experience love. If you don't have God, you have no concept of what love is. This is why we have this ridiculous motto floating around, love is love. Mm -hmm. What do you mean love is love? Didn't your English teacher in school tell you that when you're defining a word, you can't use the same word to define it? Love is love. Love is the subject. Love is the object. I don't know what that means. It's nonsense. It's whatever you you want it to be, right? So this is the nonsense. Jill Biden is anti-Christ, even though she claims to be a Catholic, I believe. She's a hater of God, and she is pretending to be God. And anyone who supports her agenda or Mr. Trudeau's agenda is the same thing. They're anti-Christ, period. Straightforward. I'm just going to tell you the truth. They're anti-Christ, and they need to be corrected. Yep. And their lies need to be exposed. Yeah. So you've exposed that. Now, in culture, we would say, I think there's been a, a real breakdown of womanhood, right. broadly speaking, even though, as we mentioned, the godless claim to be pro-woman, you know, the, the feminist movement or pro-choice movements, or as you mentioned, women in military type stuff. Do you think our culture is actually pro-woman? No, and the reason why it's not pro-woman is because God defines maleness and femaleness in their respective roles. And so whenever you toss out maleness and femaleness and or their respective roles, you are not pro-male and you are not pro-female, period. It's as simple as that. Mm -hmm. So then why do these ideologies sneak in? Why? How is it that they're able to present themselves as being pro-woman or pro-man? And you look at culture, how confusing things get. People are constantly exposed to ab absolute nonsense, logical contradictions, immoral activity cloaked in the garb of morality, and we're supposed to believe it. Let me give you some examples of that. You, you have women who have uteruses who are designed by God to bear children. Men don't have uteruses. We're not designed for that. We can impregnate a woman, but women are the one ones who by God's divine design are designed to, to bear women. But who's championing that? Where's our, where's our, where's Flotis or the prime minister of Canada saying, you know what, we want to, we want to honor moms mm -hmm. who are having lots of kids. We just want to honor them. It's an honorable thing to have children. This is how God has created you. It's, it's wonderful that you're bringing into the world, the next generation that you're breastfeeding them, that you're changing diapers, you're feeding them, you're having those sleepless nights, you're trying to figure it all out. It's an exhausting task. Who, who in the secular realm is championing and validating the beauty and the hard work of moms bearing children? You don't hear that. Mm -hmm. You don't hear that from the leftist mob. You don't hear that from them. Instead, you have all these <clears throat> uh, images in culture, so there, there a lot of women are sexualized. Like it's, it's such a joke. The Me Too movement, all these movements that are, you know, don't sexualize women. Why is it that all the women, the celebrity women, are walking the red carpet dressed like prostitutes with their breasts hanging out, mm -hmm. half naked with see-through dresses? Why is it on billboards or in the mall? You're walking through the mall. I don't really go to the mall too often. Large. Billboards of women wearing lingerie. You're sexualizing women. Mm -hmm. You're sexualizing women, but you're saying, oh, but don't sexualize women. Just value them for their intellect. Value them for their, because they're made in the image and likeness of God. Value them because they bear children. This is a unique, special blessing that God has given to them. But no, we sexualize women. And a lot of women buy into that somehow. They go along with the agenda. They're okay with flaunting their bodies, but at the same time, telling the world, oh, 
Don't sexualize me. You know, treat me with value. Treat mm -hmm. me with virtue. Respect me. But I'm going to walk around looking like a sex pot half the time. It's ridiculous. And people know this to be true. It just needs to be said. We look down on women for getting married. It's like, go get your degree first. You got to get your degree. After all, it makes a lot of sense to spend four or five years in university spending $100,000 earning a degree and then working for two years and then having kids anyway. Why? Well, God forbid a woman doesn't have a university degree. You don't have a university degree. You don't have a college diploma. Ooh, what kind of a woman are you? Why, why'd you? why didn't you wait? Why didn't you grow up? Why didn't you mature? Susie and I watch on occasion um, cop show Chicago, uh, um, uh, what do they call it? PD. Yeah. And there's some good episodes in it. There's a few you got to fast forward through. But there's some episodes, they're just ridiculous. So you got like a five foot tall female cop and, you know, they bust into a drug house and she's in there looming large, you know, looking around corners, waiting for the next bad guy. You know, a 280-pound guy jets out the back door, hops a fence, she hops the fence, does a big dive off of a dumpster, tackles the guy to the ground, throws him over, throws cuffs on him. I'm like, come on. Like, what planet are you on? I'm sorry. I'm sorry. But 110-pound women don't tackle successfully 280-pound dudes. But that's the world we live in. Yeah. Every woman thinks she's Wonder Woman, Cat Woman, like a superhero. And it's nonsense. Literally, you're, you're, you're presenting people with this fictitious world that doesn't actually exist. Mm -hmm. Women are the weaker vessel. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Hmm. Are there exceptions to the rule? Of course. But you line up 100 men, average men, 100 average women, and men are going to be stronger. Men are built to defend Men are built for battle. Men are built to defend the widows, the orphans, to feed their families. This is not to look down on women. It's the same in most of the mammal world, right? Mm. Bulls are bigger than cows and heifers. It's the way it works. Mm -hmm. What's wrong with that? Nothing's wrong with that. Mm -hmm. But somehow we've created this weird world where women are told, you know, you can do anything you want. You can be anything you want. No, you can't. Mm -hmm. You're limited by your biology. You're limited by your sex. Men can't be anything they want. They're trying to be. Yep. You hear these ridiculous stories of guys transitioning into women and wanting to get uterus transplants, saving, the, banking their own sperm in advance of having their genitals removed, getting a woman's uterus and then trying to get pregnant by their own sperm in this donor's uterus and, and um, ovaries. Mm -hmm. This is a Frankensteinian world. How yeah. is this? When God creates, it's beautiful. Maleness and femaleness is beautiful. Mm -hmm. Heterosexual sex properly expressed and explored is a beautiful thing. There's beauty in the romantic image of a faithful man and a faithful woman falling in love under God, loving, caring, submitting, leading, blessing one another, involving the emotional, the sexual, the social, the, the union of maleness and femaleness. That is what God is referring to when he says, and it was good. The tail end of Genesis 2, they were naked and unashamed. That's beauty there. That's vulnerability. That's trust. That's the beauty of God's creational design. But we've messed it up. This Frankensteinian world where some 
dysfunctional dude who's never actually learned to be a man decides that in order to be everything he can be, he has to have a dead woman's uterus implanted in him, bank his own sperm so we can have some Frankensteinian child so that somehow he can feel good about himself. It's so sick Mm -hmm. and so sad all at once. And we cannot be silent. Lives are being destroyed by this nonsense. And then we have the pro-choice movement, right? Oh, we're pro-women, pro-choice, give women the choice, give them the choice, give them the choice. Ladies, what they're telling you Blow aside the smoke. They're telling you it's okay for you to kill little girls. It's okay for you to kill the little boys that will one day, Lord willing, love and care for those little girls. That's what the message, that's what they're actually convincing you to do. And yet some people are so confused that they believe that the world is actually for them when they're actually against them. The only person that's truly for you is God. Mm -hmm. Follow his plan and rules and you will be blessed. You know, it's interesting, Chris, in Genesis chapter 3, when God is delineating the, the effects of sin and on the world, there's this often overlooked verse in Genesis 3.16 that, well, the first part is, I think, pretty much well known. It, it says to the woman, he said, I will surely multiply your pain in childbearing and in pain you'll bring forth children. So there's that curse of pain in, in childbirth that human women experience which is a result of sin. It's one of the curses of sin. But the second part of that verse is outlines for us the division, Mm -hmm. the division between man and woman, husband and wife. She will try to usurp him and he will be violent with her. It says there, your desire, speaking to the woman, shall be contrary to your husband and he shall rule over you. Both of those are an abuse of uh, creation, the creational order, or what we see recaptured in um, the beauty of uh, Ephesians chapter five, where mm-hmm. the husband's role is is to role play Christ, and the wife's role is to role play the church. So, in Genesis three sixteen, we're told that one of the effects of sin, think about this, upon humanity, is a woman will buck her husband's authority and a husband will abuse his wife. He will rule over her, he'll be heavy handed with her. That's exactly what we see mm-hmm. in sin. That's what we see in all cultures. We see the violent, unrestrained man, and we see the woman usurping her husband's authority. And it's like they pour fuel on each other's flames. This is what the world does when it tries to pretend that women are tough and strong and they can do what men can do, or. You know, the the the, the, the five-foot-one uh, female cop can take down a 280-pound man, or the 280-pound man could take the five-foot-one lady's uterus and have a child. It's all messed up, and mm-hmm. it's pouring fuel on the division. Satan loves this stuff. Satan loves Justin Trudeau's tweets. Mm-hmm. Satan loves... Jill Biden's virtue signaling award ceremony. He loves this stuff. And it, it also reminds me of Romans chapter one, where it talks about the futility of the mind. Hate to say this, but this is abject stupidity on all levels. Yeah. World leaders pretending that men can be women and women can be men. And everyone's like, oh, this is so great. Mm-hmm. It's nonsense. But somehow in their in their de- depraved godless 
minds, they've convinced themselves that they are the champions of justice and they are destroying lives because of it. And every parent that allows their kid to go through a sex change is destroying their child's life. Mm -hmm. That's abusive parenting, that's yep. irresponsible parenting. And it needs to be called out. And every politician that agrees with painting flags across roads or flying flags, they are antichrist. They are opposed to the things of God. They are destroying people's lives. They're turning God's beautiful creation on its head. And we need to, it, the worst thing we can do, the worst thing we can do is to stay silent mm -hmm. and to cower because God forbid if someone thinks we're, we're hateful. Mm -hmm. So on that note, we love people. We want to see change happen. What would be some tips for the best ways to not stay silent? Obviously speaking, but like speaking in a room with a bunch of friends that are Christians that all agree the same thing is great. We can get ourselves riled up and this is awful. This is awful. What, what thoughts do you have in terms of ways to actually speak out about this? Well, in public forums, you just speak the truth. That's what public forums are for. That's what debates for. You don't have to circle in on people on Twitter, circle in on people on Facebook. The lie is told yep. in a public realm. You tell the truth, but then you need to be proactive and you need to tell your children the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Tell them to tell their friends the truth. It starts when they're very young. This is why I'm a big believer in creating our own new institutions. We're going to speak out against the lies and arrogance of the moment, running people for political office who have half a brain. We're going to continue to build a solid school. We're going to hopefully uh, provide people with some alternative banking options, et cetera, over time. But we have to do a good job in making sure we don't lose any more of our kids mm -hmm. to this foolishness. I hate to say this, but there's still a lot of parents that are very passive in this regard. I mean, <laughs> parenting 101 in 2023, why does your kid have a cell phone and has exposure to all the godless, disgusting, antichrist ideologies of the world with no no filter, no monitoring. I mean, if, I'm sorry, Chris, but if you don't even have that down, there's no point in even giving people any advice beyond that. Right, it's step so one. It's like step yeah. one, like protect your kids, man. Protect yep. your kids, lady. Like take responsibility for educating your children. Stop allowing, you know what, your, your children, your children are gonna pick up from you the things that make you proud of them. Mm -hmm. I'm not opposed to kids doing well in school. You know, we want kids to do well in school. It's great when a kid makes the honor roll. It's great when a kid does well on the ice rink. It's great when a kid does well in the ball diamond or the football field. That's great. Or in the ballet class or in the martial arts studio. That's great. Wonderful. But if you're a parent that has made the choice to just post all the pictures on Facebook or social media or champion your child when they do well in school or in sports, mm -hmm. but not when they just love Jesus, or have acted charitably, have stood for the truth, have taken a few hits for Christ, you are communicating to your child what your value system is. Mm -hmm. And I see that even in our own church, and I think we have a wonderful church where there's parents, they're far more excited when their kid gets on the honor roll or scores a hat trick than they are 
when their child memorizes the book of Ephesians or is faithful at youth group or quits their job because they refuse to bow to the woke agenda. So we're creating, we're creating Christians who have misplaced priorities. Mm-hmm. We need to make sure we're educating our, our children. But Chris, to be honest with you, we're at war. The time for circling in and being nice is over. Yep. Uh, we want to be motivated by love, regardless of whether the world labels that as hate or not. But uh, there, I, I just want to say to people, like, speak the truth and speak the truth in love. That, that's, mm-hmm. that's the message, probably the most important message that we have, because for too often people have second guessed themselves or, well, you know, what about my tone? Oh, what are how people are going to perceive it? Look, we're at war and lives are being destroyed. And there's no time for uh, kid gloves. We need to come on strong. We need to demonstrate to the godless world. They're trying to intimidate us. We're going to intimidate them back with truth, if you will. We're going to be forceful and bold and courageous. We need more of that. Mm -hmm. Believe me, it'll cause them to second guess themselves if they see strong people resisting this nonsense that we're seeing in culture. Yeah. Okay, so I know the majority of our listeners are going to listen to this and say, yeah, we know a woman or a man becoming a woman is wrong. Um, But there, there may be, and this is basic theology in some ways, but there may be some of us that still are, you know, what, what would be some, you know, basic biblical truths that would help men and women to flourish in their respective roles. What are some differences? What are some distinctions that we should know? Like what is a man? What is a woman? Yeah. Some, some basic stuff. Yeah, mo- most people that listen to this podcast are allies. I happen to know that members of the media have listened to my podcast that are that are um, not not in favor of our worldview. I wouldn't be surprised members of law enforcement listen to it as well. I really don't care. Mm-hmm. I'm not trying to hide anything. Um, but hopefully this reminds those that are allies of the things we need to be talking about. And hopefully it also educates those that may be in process or be antagonists where we stand on things. So number one, theological truth that we need to remind ourselves of when we talk about maleness and femaleness is both men and women are made in the imago dei, in the image and the likeness of God. And therefore, therefore, we are equal in value and worth before God. That is biblical anthropology 101. We're made in the Imago Dei. However, we are not the same. We are more alike than different because we're humans, but men are different than women and women are different than men. We are not the same. We are different. We do not have the same capabilities. Women can have babies. Men cannot have babies. Men can lift heavier objects than women. People might say, oh, yeah, but didn't you hear a story about someone that was born with like both parts? Okay, I get it. In a broken world, there's biological anomalies, Mm -hmm. but we're talking about the creational norms. We're not talking about the one in the million. We're talking about how things, people are born with two legs. Other people born with three legs? Yes. But you don't say, hey, we want you to run with your two or three or four legs. You have two legs. 
two eyes, one nose, one mouth, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's yep. the normal way that we're created. That's right. So we're made in the image and likeness of God. We're not the same. Adam was formed first and Eve was formed as his helpmeet, period. So a woman is designed and created to help and bless her husband, who is the spiritual head of the relationship. Why are we ashamed to say that? Mm-hmm. Creatures don't apologize to other creatures for what the creator has said. Every egalitarian church, everyone who refuses to acknowledge that a woman is a man's helpmeet and he's a spiritual leader is playing the role of God or mm-hmm. denying the authority of God by not affirming what God has said. I don't care if it's 2023 or 1973. That's been true since the beginning of time. And it needs to be said, and it needs to be championed, and it needs to be lived out in our relationships. We're still made in the image and likeness of God. Mm-hmm. Dare I repeat myself? Yep. Unless your emotional baggage is getting in the way of your cultural issues. Men are not women. Women are not men. We have different roles to play. In marriage, the husband's role, you can read Ephesians 5, yep. is to love his wife as Christ loved the church. Who doesn't love that image in the Christian church? Even the most liberal Christian churches would you know, spend a lot of time reflecting upon God is love, God is love, God is love. That's something they find joy in and delight in. Why wouldn't they? That's a wonderful, beautiful thing. God is loving. So what does it mean to be a spiritual leader? It's to love your wife with that kind of sacrificial love. But you are the leader. You are the spiritual head of your wife as Christ is the head of the church. Creatures don't apologize to other creatures for what the Creator has said. A woman's role is in marriage to role play Christ, to respect and to submit to her husband. We don't need to apologize for that. We don't need to go red in the face over it. We don't need to beat around the bush over it. That's what God's word says. Creatures don't apologize to other creatures for what the creator has said. The marriage that denies that, the preacher that blushes when he preaches that, the politician that knows this to be true, but refuses to mention it when there's a debate in the House of Parliament because that's not popular. You know, you might mm-hmm. be labeled as hateful or discriminatory. Is being shy about God, is mm-hmm. dishonoring God. Maleness and femaleness cannot be altered. That's another basic premise. It is part of who you are. I am a human being. I'm made in the image and likeness of God, but I can't get away from my masculinity. I am a man, period. That's just who I am. It's part of the way I think. It's part of the way I process life. It's part of the way I relate to others. It's part of the way I discern my roles and goals in life. It's it's part of my strength and it's part of my limitations. Mm-hmm. It's just who I am. And We are unified beings. I will always be male, even into the eternal kingdom. We're not going to be unisex in heaven. There's not going to be maleness. There's not going to be uh, giving and taking in marriage. We're not going to be married beings, the Bible teaches us. But I will never become a woman. And we're not going to all show up in heaven androgynous as unisex Mm -hmm. beings, right? So whatever we're wearing, it's going to be different. We're not all going to be wearing unisex clothing, right? It's it's. Somehow our maleness and femaleness is going to be distinct. All the guys, even those that can't grow facial hair, are going to have big, bushy, (laughs) 
beards, right? <laughs> they were all going to be jacked, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like a, Big packs. The best, the best yeah. version of my... <laughs> Six packs. <laughs> Will we be taller or shorter than we are? That's the question. Well, that's, you know, in, in society, they put a lot of emphasis on height, but that's not neither here nor there. Um, who yeah, knows? Yeah. Maybe we'll be wider. <laughs> <laughs> but we will be male and female forever. Yeah. And uh, we also want to declare that women who are able and who are married should have children, have more babies. That's a beautiful thing. Mm -hmm. It's not a bad thing. Now, I am no, I do not believe that the stay-at-home, stay stay-pregnant view is biblical. The Bible does not forbid women from working. Look at the Proverbs 31 woman. The Proverbs 31 woman, it says there's in, in the 16th verse, she considers a field and buys it. So this notion of, well, a woman can't work outside the home. Well, what's she doing out considering a field and buying it? Mm -hmm. The fruits of her hand, she plants a vineyard. What's she doing outside? She should stay inside barefoot and pregnant. No, that's not biblical. It's perfectly fine for a woman to be involved in commerce. Mm -hmm. It's perfectly fine for a woman to be involved working outside the home. Now, at a certain age, your primary responsibility is for your children. There's a practical reality here. You are, you are the one that can nurse your child. Mm -hmm. Dudes don't nurse kids. <laughs> Some weirdos have tried, yeah. but dudes don't nurse kids. Mothers have the capacity to do that. So nurse your child, care for your child. It's a beautiful thing. doesn't mean the father's absentee father. Um, you know, we still get involved in raising our children. My wife, she was home most of the time when our five children were young. Later, when the final one entered school full-time, she started going back to work outside the home. But even in the midst of all that, she would work a day or two a week here and there. She was involved in the church. Did she change more diapers than me? Yeah, but I changed diapers. Um, you know, when the child got to the point of being bottle-fed or fed pablum, was I involved in that? Yeah, it was pretty common for me to sort of take the lion's share of those responsibilities on Monday. I have a little grandson now. Believe it or not, Chris, you'll be surprised. I changed his diapers. Oh, no, wow. And- <laughs> That's a good deal. You know, the deal. other night he was crying, so he had an upset stomach, and I had him for an hour or so trying to comfort him. Um, so it's not that we're standoffish dads, yeah. uh, that we're not involved at all in domestic duties, but fathers are out providing for their children. He who does not provide for his own is worse than an infidel. So there's some practical realities there. I'm not opposed to women being cops, but I don't think they should be on the front line. There's a place for women in, in policing or the military, dealing with women, vulnerable women, children. Obviously, it makes more sense if a woman's being has been raped and needs to be interviewed for her to be interviewed by a compassionate woman than some guy. There's some practicalities there. Hmm. But um, I'm not saying it's immoral, but let's just own up to the reality of the situation. You're kicking indoors, you're busting through barriers on a battlefield to get to the enemy, men are better designed for that mm -hmm. than women. And so even in career choices, yeah. some careers, men are just better at it. And some women, men are just, women are just better at it. And yeah. it doesn't mean that there's never overlap or exceptions to the rule, but this unisex world that we're creating is not a beautiful world at all. It's a boring world. God's di God is the one who's truly diverse and he's diverse by maintaining boundaries. 
the godless wants to erase those boundaries in the name of diversity. And what you end up with is a gray, bland world devoid of beauty and filled with confusion and true hatred and hatred towards God and mm -hmm. his plan. So yeah. those are some basic truths I'd want to th throw on the table for people to consider or reconsider. Yeah. And even as you um, widen the lens there, just as you said, you know, when God, God has boundaries, I think we could, we've talked in the show before lots about God's laws in general, right? And his laws are for our good and for our flourishing not to be constrained, right? Exactly. And this is critical. Satan convinced Eve and Adam, who was with her, standing by mm -hmm. passively, that God wasn't good. Mm -hmm. That's what he convinced her of. God's not good. He's holding out on you. He knows that when you eat of it, you'll be like him, knowing good and evil. Mm -hmm. That is the seminal lie to sin. It questions. It then denies the goodness of God. And if you throw that out the door in your theology, if you do not believe that God is good, then you're going to be apt to second guess when he says, do this or don't do that, or this is true or this isn't true. You're going to second guess it. Well, is he holding out on me? You know, I, I, I know what Ephesians 5 says, but eh, that doesn't work for me. Mm -hmm. Like I know that I'm, I'm made a male, but I, I, I just, oh, man, I just kind of feel like a woman. So God must be holding out on me. I want to be true to myself. <laughs> I want to be the real me. I want to discover who I fully and truly am. Folks, this is the lie of Genesis 3. Yeah. It's the serpent hanging out of the tree, whispering the same lies in your ears. And when you sin, the precursor to that is always to downplay or deny the validity of God's word and the goodness of God. But if you choose obedience, even when you don't feel like it, on the other side of obedience, there's always blessing and beauty and goodness because God is good. And what he said is good and what he created is good. And if he created you a man, that is good. And if he created you a woman, that is good. That's good. It's not good. It's not good. When a man pretends to be a woman or a woman pretends to be a man. So we're actually, the most loving thing to do, if you actually have compassion for people, is to introduce them to what God declares to be good. Mm -hmm. And to warn them that what man declares to be good that is actually evil is only going to destroy them. So this is sort of the theology, or you might even say the psychology behind sin. Mm -hmm. And we need to talk a lot about that to help people to fully embrace God's plans for their lives, knowing that it's beautiful and good. And the other side of it, you'll never regret it. It's awesome. Well, hopefully you've been encouraged this week to uh, continue to champion God's word and God's design. Don't apologize for what the creator has said, as Aaron said several times. So thanks for taking us through that, even though, it, yeah, sometimes it's a little bit discouraging to look at our world. Um, to our listeners, quick reminder, you can hear the show on the Pursuit of Glory website, pursuitofglory.org. That's Pastor Aaron's blog or over on the Fight, Laugh, Feast network. And we hope that you will tune in next week for another episode of Leadership Now with Dr. Aaron Rock.